Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Julie Bowen. And I'm Chad Sanders. What a perfect angel pumpkin darling person. I mean, if I was a kid and I wanted to be a kid actor, I would like pull every Peyton Lee interview and like line them up and show my parents and be like, see, you can be perfectly normal and smart and hold your own and get an education and still work all the time. She just seems like, I don't know. She she just seems, she just seems perfect. She really is a pretty, pretty exceptional kid. She's thoughtful and she is smart as hell, but she's not canned. No, she's not. She knows what people are looking for from her and she knows how to like give them some of that. To me, she doesn't sacrifice authenticity when she does it. And she doesn't sacrifice like her point of view when she does it, which is really, really endearing and just feels like really tough needle to thread for an 18 year old. But like, it seems like she's doing it Kind of effortlessly. I guess it's just going to go without saying that if the younger you are, the fewer experiences to quit you've had. Right? Yeah, we looked for it. We we, we looked for it. We didn't want to, and we didn't force it. Like, we're not, we we shouldn't force it. It's not, if it's not there, it's not there. Somebody else might listen and hear it in there. She's 18. The world is her oyster. And as it should be, because she's wildly talented and really delightful to talk to. And here she is on Quitters. Peyton Lee. Oh, look at her. Hi. 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 Obviously, we know each other. Hi, Peyton. I'm Chad. I met Peyton technically in like some sort of, not boss, but like, hierarchical position because I was exec producing a movie and and she was got hired to do it but really behind the scenes she's the thing that got it made we don't know that we don't know that (laughs) when when you say uh Peyton the first little question I had on my imaginary board was can we describe the relationship between executive producer and star so that people can understand that I think that's a very case-to-case question. You know, I think, Mm. like, the range of relationships I've had with executive producers have been so varied. You know, sometimes it is a very kind of, like, boss-worker dynamic where it's, like, you're very, like, cordial and nice, but it's a very, like, business relationship. One of my close friends, Melvin, is um, an executive producer on Prompact and on— my other show, Doogie Kameloha, MD, he's like a father figure on set. And then um, with Julie, like, again, it's just like a totally different dynamic. It's fun and it's like very like friendly. And like we, I feel like Julie does a great job of making sure everyone feels like it's like a collaborative communal environment. And it's not like so much based on the hierarchy of like technical power. But, you know, again, I yeah. think it's very different. Peyton flat out got this movie made because when we partnered with Melvin, the movie's called Prom Pact. It's coming out on Disney+. Plus. Melvin, who obviously loves her and does lots of stuff with her, had read it and said, I want her to do this. This is a great role. And that's what got, like, Disney wanted to do it. But that was like, oh, we're going because she's a huge star. Most of my work as executive producer was the two years prior to that. The, like, beating out the story, working with Anthony, our writer, and then selling 
talking to Disney and blah, 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 blah. Once it gets to in Peyton's hands, and by the way, she is a producer on the movie as well, it goes the way it should, which is like, let, let these actors and directors do their thing on set. And that's what they did. And they were freaking brilliant. So then, so you you two really know each other, which is to say, sometimes the executive producer and the star don't know each other at all. No, that's true. Yeah, sure. But you two really do. You you text. Except her there's and a lot of things I don't know about Peyton, and I'm excited to talk to her today. And Zoom has like affected that, like COVID and everything has affected that a lot. Like I feel like we would have been seeing each yeah. other a lot more if COVID wasn't an issue. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. And thank you for coming on to Quitters today. Um, yeah, thank you. Because, and I'm really excited to hear Chad ask you questions most of all, because I, he is going to come from a, a way that it wouldn't even occur to me because I do know you. And I know that Ra- producer Rachel told you, you know, you don't have to come in with a, a like a preset quit. But if there's anything that you ever have quit or want to talk about quitting, we'd love to talk about it with you. I mean, Honestly, like that was the one thing that stressed me out about like coming on this podcast is I was like really trying to think of things that I've like actively quit. Like I feel like there are definitely things in my life that have like slowly like fizzled out or like I've kind of forgotten about. But I feel like in terms of like actively deciding like this is no longer for me, like I don't know that I have any real that I can think of. You you can a slow quit counts. I feel like you slow quit high school in a way. I wish I quit high school. I did not. I I finished the whole thing. But on set. Yeah, but I mean in IRL, like going into a classroom and sitting there. Kind of, but I did that first semester of my senior year. So pretty much up until wow. the very end, I was like, I'm not giving up on this, which was like partially my own thing. And then also a lot of that was my parents, like me being in school and having like some version of a traditional high school experience was important to them. So really the only reason why I wasn't there the last semester of my senior year was because of prom pact. It's all your fault. It's all your fault. Yeah, you left to to do a movie about like the end of high school. Yeah. You left high school to go do a movie about the end of high school. Did you, did you go to your real prom? I did not. No, it's funny. Literally, it was very strange because prom was happening and I was seeing on everyone's like Snapchat stories and Instagram stories, like promposals from Vancouver while we were shooting prom pack. So it was like a very weird experience. But no, I, I was not at my high school prom. However, I did go to Disney prom a few times, <laughs> which is actually a story Milo and I like to tell because we initially met at um, like a Disney prom event. So I've gone to those and I've gone to prom actually a couple times uh, fictionally in prom pact. And then we have a dance in Doogie. That's kind of like a prom adjacent thing. But anyway, no, I've never been to a regular high school prom. <laughs> Julie knows you. And I I do have questions. They probably are going to feel like they're coming from left field. I want to ask you a few things about like the future and like what matters. So you're starring in a movie. You're in the biggest of screens in every way already as an actor. And people say like, you know, kids, they are young people. Like, they don't care about movies. They don't care about TV. They only care about TikToks. And they only care about, like, Snapchat and stuff. But that doesn't seem true. Is that true? I mean, it's not true for me, you know? I, I, I think that's kind of a complicated question because... I think there definitely is some scary truth to the fact that everyone is very, like, obsessed with, like, their screens being as small as possible and having their content coming as quickly as possible is not conducive to making movies. But I also think that it's not entirely true that, you know, like, the new generation, like, has no interest in any of those things. You know, I'm in film classes at school. Like, I I see these people every day that do very much care about you know, cinema and seeing films and storytelling. And so I don't think it's it's going to die with the new generation. I mean, hopefully. But I definitely think it is changing. You know, I think the way we we want our content and the way we process it is is changing. And so I mean, I wish I could say what the future looks like, but I guess we'll just all have to see. But I definitely know for me, like there's nothing I love more than going to see a movie in a theater. I love 
the experience. I think um, films are something that are supposed to be experienced communally and not like in your room under the covers on an iPad, um, which maybe makes me sound like an old person now too. But, um, you know, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know that I'm the, I'm the right speaker for our generation. I, de- I definitely think there is a, a, a large population of people that do still care about, you know, the way that movies are supposed to be, or supposed to be is obviously subjective, but like a more traditional way of um, experiencing art. I was thinking about how you had said you didn't have a lot of quits. And I thought, well, you recently, you turned 18 only recently in the past year. So how much agency, obviously you have loving parents and a supportive family and nobody was, you know, you were not forced into working. But how much agency do you really have when you're under 18? You have to be careful about what you post um, when it comes to social media and TikTok and all those things. You have to be mindful of that. Did any of Has any of that changed for you being 18, legal 18? <laughs> Honestly, for me, the biggest thing uh, with regard to work that changed when I turned 18 is I started going to work by myself instead yeah. of having my... My, my dad or my mom on set with me, which was great. I absolutely love it. And it's nothing against them, but like, it's very nice to like go and have my day and then come home and like have something to talk to them about, you know, like there was a significant period of time where it was like, I would drive to work with my dad. My dad would be there all day with me and then we would drive home together. And then by the time we got home, what are we going to talk about? You know, like, you know what I listened to on the way there, you know, everyone I talked to (laughs) while I was at work, you know, what scenes we shot, you know, what I did on, you know, you know, I napped on the way home and like, so what do we have to talk about? You know? And so I think it, that has really changed in that, you know, shooting season two of Doogie um, after I'd turned 18, like I was going to work by myself. And I think that actually helped my relationship with my parents a lot in that we just, there was a little bit more separation. And so when we were together, I appreciated that time more in addition to the fact that we just had more to talk about. But in terms of like agency overall, like with, with work stuff, like truly becoming an actor was something that I always wanted. My dad was very much against it. Um, he's an actor himself. And, uh, and, but that was never really why I wanted to be an actor. I would say, again, if anything, it was a reason why I, I was kind of held back from it is because he knew that like, once you start working, like everything kind of goes to the back burner, you know, school, friends, life, it all just becomes like, it, it all plays second fiddle in your life. And in addition to the fact that it's a lot of rejection and it's a lot of like, like toxic, bad things, you know, there's so much crap in the world. And I think he wanted to kind of not expose me to that as quickly as I wanted to be exposed to all of that. So like on the acting front, like my parents were never pushing it at all. If anything, they were pushing against it. And it was all kind of what I wanted at the rate I wanted it. And um, and so I've been very lucky in that sense that I have sort of had that agency throughout my career. So it wasn't like I turned 18 and all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, like I have to make my own choices. What am I going to do? The first, you know, seven seconds that you're speaking, I think someone can like feel that you have a lived in spirit as a, even as a young person. I'm curious. You, so you're born in New York City. Is that right? Yes. Uh, then you moved to Manhattan Beach. You're you're in Hollywood. You are so much in Hollywood. Are you able to connect to the normal world outside of New York and Los Angeles? Like, do you do you feel like a real connection to like how the rest of people are living, or is it mostly like a connection through seeing it on your on your devices? I definitely have had a very specific experience. You know, I was, like you said, I was born in New York. I grew up in LA. Now I'm back in New York. And obviously those are very like specific experiences that don't necessarily reflect the world at large. (laughs) And so I would say in that sense, it is hard for me sometimes to, you know, be able to connect to or relate to Uh, any like other people's experience that haven't grown up in, you know, big affluent cities or whatever it is. And, but I do think that like, because of, you know, the news and TikTok or Instagram or whatever, we definitely are getting to see, like everyone is getting to see more life than they ever have before and more different experiences than they ever had before. And also getting to not only see that, but see it in a very like intimate, personal way. So I feel like that's one of the great things about 
social media, that has definitely allowed me to expand my understanding of people. And also like coming to college has been big for me in that sense too, because it is people from all over, you know, all over the US, all over the world. And like my roommate, she um, she's from Nigeria, but she went to boarding school in London. Like I definitely was very intentional about wanting to surround myself with people that had had different experiences than me. You know, I didn't just want to find the people from, you know, LA that were now at Columbia and, you know, just like make those my friends. So I feel like the answer is kind of a non-answer. It's like a, a yes and a no. You know, I think my experience has definitely specified the the range of experience I understand, but that is something that I'm actively working against. I would I'd have to say, by the way, Peyton, I think that's true for a lot of us. And not just actors. I mean, Chad, don't you do you really feel like you know how the rest of the like like, what's life like in South Dakota? Uh, yeah, I mean, we're all pretty <laughs> isolated to our own experience. Yeah, for sure. I No, I mean, it's a, it's a good question. You are in a dorm room currently. I am in a dorm room. I'm not even in my dorm room because my dorm room um, <laughs> comes with a roommate. And so I had to borrow my friend's dorm room that, that she is a single. So yes, I am. Like, what's it like being in college and also being a star at the same time? Um, I know it's a cringy, I know it's a little cringy to think, to like, to feel that a little bit, but I, I am curious because like so many people in college, like want to be a star. Yeah. I definitely don't see myself as a star or as like anything special by any means at all. And so like, I don't go through my life living like that. I will say sort of like the double life of like work and school and like sort of having one foot in each door is like kind of all I know. I started working on my first kind of like bigger thing when um, when I was like 12, going on 13. And so sort of being around kids and adults and people that are super successful and people that have no idea what they want to do and sort of living in that in-between period of kind of understanding and relating to both is kind of just my life. And so I wouldn't say that it's something that like I actively am thinking about because it's just been like, it's just been like that forever. You know, it's definitely weird. There, there are moments where I forget about it. And then I'm like, why was that girl looking at me so weirdly? And then like, my, <laughs> and then like, like I, I truly have these conversations with my friends at school being like, people are like, like, why do people hate me here? And they're like, Peyton, they don't hate you. They just can't tell where they recognize you from. And so they're looking at you for longer than they're looking at anyone else. I don't register that as much, especially coming from like, being on set where like everyone kind of knows who you are. They know why mm. you are who you are. They know why you look familiar, whatever. And so like, it's not, it's not like a thing that's affecting everyday interactions. But then like at school, there's a lot of like, were we in class together? Like, are you from my hometown? Like, there's like that weird, like, I know you, but I don't know you that has like all, all the time. I'm like, why are they looking at me like that? And then I'm like, oh, they're not. It's just the way my life has been. So I don't really have anything else to compare it to. Does this mean you're not working right now? You've committed to being at Columbia. Does that mean you're committed to not working from, you know, what is it, September to May? I committed to one year. So so I talked. <laughs> How's it going? I talked to my team and was like, I don't want to take anything that shoots this school year. So between September right. and May um, 2022 going into 2023. And honestly. How's it feel? horrible. I miss working so much constantly. Like that's a quit right there. You put, you've been doing more working than anything else as a kid. And now you've actually put it on hold for an entire school year. So why is it horrible? I mean, I just miss working. I, I love being on set more than anything. I love, you know, having those like creative conversations. I just, I love all of it so much. And it's such a part of my life in coming here. It's just like, I'm just so kind of like isolated from that. I mean, honestly, that's dramatic. I like, I went to D23. I like, I went and did, um, like I went to the, like the, the kids and families Emmys, you know, like I've been doing things and I'm also doing, um, uh, an animated movie. I'm being dramatic when I say I completely cut it out of my life, but I haven't been like on a set in longer than, than I've ever not been on a set for a while. And it's just like, it's just hard. It's hard to see my friends on set. It's hard to see like the jobs that are going by and I'm just like watching people get them. Yeah, I, I think to me, it really came down to like 
college and like your freshman year of college as an 18-year-old person is not something that you can recreate later on down the line. Mm. Whereas I feel like being on set, you know, like obviously it's different, but like the difference between right now and in six months and in a year and two years and in five years is like, I think a lot smaller than the difference between starting college now and starting it in five years. And it, and it sounds like you have such a different set of responsibilities to go along with like the freedom that you're probably accessing now and that your classmates are accessing now. Even just you just saying, like, I talked to my team about it. You know, you're probably like one of the five people in your class that has a team of any, like of any kind that, that is responsible to their um, desires. What has allowed you to just like connect with the student experience at school? Yeah, I mean, I think that is something that I have been working on. It's definitely a work in progress. I mean, when I got here, I feel like I've been living my life with a lot of freedom for a long time. You know, when I was in Hawaii shooting, like I would just kind of like, I had my car and I had my life and I would just kind of like go where I wanted, when I wanted. And like my parents were never kind of like blockading me in the way that I feel like a lot of kids with a more traditional upbringing have. Um, And so like when I first got here and everyone was like, we can stay out till 4 a.m. Like, we have to do that every day. And I was like, yes, you can, but like, you can, but why, right? And so when everyone had this mentality of like doing it just because you can, I was like, why would you do something just because you can do it? Like, do you even want to, you know? So like, there are like these very like fundamental like things I have that are very different from what a lot of people in this situation have. However, I think, you know, a lot of growing up is very universal, you know, no matter where you come from, what you've been doing, you know, we're all sitting in class together. We're all reading like the Iliad by Homer together. You know, there are these very like practical um, shared experiences that I think have been connecting me to the people that are here. In addition to like growing up, like no matter how much like I work with adults or sometimes feel like an adult, like I'm still an 18 year old human being who doesn't know, you know, who I am or what I'm doing by any means. And so I think no matter like, again, no matter your experience, that's something we're kind of all dealing with. So I think that has also tethered me to the community here. I was thinking about you talking about being under 18 and having a lot of agency, but also even when you're over 18 and you're old, (laughs) sometimes you get stuck, you get into a job and you can't get out. Because that's just the way it is. Because you have a contract and you don't just get to walk away. And without without naming names, and I do not ever, I'm not trying to play gotcha or get you in trouble at all. Was there ever a job or a project where you thought to yourself, like you now want to take that Peyton of seven years old or 15 years old or whatever and say, run away from this. It's not good for you. Like that there was like a fantasy of, of, a, of a quit that would have been maybe it would have been good for you, even if it wasn't feasible. Because let's face it, if you're in the middle of doing a movie or anything, you got you to see it through. I feel like this is a really kind of like get off your high horse kind of an answer, but it's truly how I feel. I, I definitely have um, had those experiences where I've been working on something and it's been like, oh my God, like I would do anything to not be here right now. But I do feel like even if I could have quit, even if I could have walked away, I feel like I learned a lot from doing that. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I did that was kind of of any, uh, you know, whatever, was Andy Mack. And and the people on that show were my best friends. They were my family, like the crew, the cast. I would like stay at people's houses when my parents were out of town. Like we would all go roller skating on Friday nights. Like everyone, the cast, the crew, the crew would bring their like girlfriends and wives and husbands and kids. Like we were all like a family. And, um, you know, I heard all the time, like, this is not what it's like. It's not always like this. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know, whatever. But then I, when that show ended and, I started working on other things, you realize like, oh, 
that's really not what it's always like, you know? And I think after Andy Mack, I definitely put like the pressure on myself to try to recreate that, you know? And I think there are a lot of problems that arise when you meet people and you're like, okay, you guys are my best friends now. Like, let me tell you everything. Tell me everything. Like, we're best, like, this is us. We're family. And I feel like, like forcing that often like creates problems. But anyway, so yes, I definitely have been in situations that I wish at the time I could get out of. But again, I think I learned a lot from those experiences, you know, and having to stay and stick it out. And like, I would say that's my kind of annoying, cheesy answer. It's not annoying and cheesy. It's, a go- <laughs> it's good. I mean, These it's, are it's great. admitting that it is sometimes, there are jobs, like not every job is a blast. Not every job is <sighs> like, this is my forever family. Sometimes you <laughs> are punching the clock and you're lucky for the moments that work and you got to move on. Yeah, 100%. What I observe in Julie is like she has a lot of friends who are like under 35, like an unusual (laughs) amount of them because of the work that she's done. And you seem to have a lot of friends who are like over 30, it sounds like. Like you're talking about people with husbands and wives and adults you've worked with. And I do think that's sort of specific to the work you guys do. Do you feel like you have a unique point of view on that stage of adulthood because you're able to see so many people in that stage so intimately because like because of the work that you do? Like, do you think you get like grownups at that age in a way that most people don't? I know I did not have any understanding of people in their 30s when I was 18. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say definitely. I think uh, more than understanding them, I think And Julie, I don't know if you've had a similar experience, but I feel like especially in sort of like this specific industry, age kind of doesn't matter in a way. Like there's a lot of kids acting like adults and adults acting like kids. It doesn't matter if you're like 15 or 50, like like you're just, you're kind of like in it, you know? And like people are friends with people that are older and younger. And like, I just feel like it's less of like a blockade than it is, I feel like outside of, I guess, like Hollywood, um, if you will. And so I would say, like, I don't know if I have, like, a specific understanding of a a different demographic of people, but I do feel like I just see people more as, like, people rather than as, like, kids versus adults and, like, you know, like, young adults versus, like, older adults, you know? And, like, I think I just, like, I see people more as people, you know? And so, like, when I meet someone that's 25, it doesn't mean that we can't be friends. But, like, if my friend met someone that was, like, my school friend that met someone that was 25, they'd be like, why is this old person talking to me, you know? So, like, exactly. So, it's like, it's weird. And does that carry over to your professors and teachers? Yeah, I think there's definitely a, a, a strange dynamic. And I remember very specifically, I felt this way, Uh, when I went back to high school for my first semester of senior year is like the way I was talking to my teachers, it wasn't like disrespectful in any way, but it was definitely very like conversational as like equals. And I think like that definitely like threw a lot of people off. I'm asking you if I can go to the bathroom. Like, huh? You know what I mean? Like (laughs) stuff like that. Like, like just sort of like the, the organization that our culture creates around age, I feel like is broken a lot in Hollywood. And so kind of then like going back into that is definitely a weird thing. And sometimes I forget about it, but like, like even when I got my interview for Columbia, I was like stressed out. I was like, what am I going to say is my favorite book? Like, do I tell the truth? Do I come up with something smart to say? Like, whatever. And I was talking to my friend about it. And she was like, Peyton, don't worry. Like, you're great at talking to adults. And I was like, <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, just like the way you're thinking about it as like talking to adults is like not how I like think about any of these things. So I do feel like it definitely is a different experience. So you've already interrogated this a little bit because your answer is really uh like sequenced <laughs> have you already like given this some thought you must have oh definitely you know i think it, it's something i think about all the time like it's even hard like with my parents like explaining to them that i'm going to hang out with like 25 year old people 30 year old people because they're like what right. is my 17 year old daughter doing with this group of like older people and like that's completely fair. Like, if I had a daughter, I would be saying the same thing. I'd probably be like, no, you're not. Like, what? But because of, like, the world we live in, it's just, it's normal. You all go to work together. You eat lunch together. You relate on a level that sort of transcends age 
in a way that I think a lot of people don't understand. And like, it, it makes sense. Like, why would you understand that? And sometimes even when I'm like telling stories about friends that I'm like, oh yeah, and his daughter. And they're like, what? So like, it's definitely something that comes <laughs> up a lot. But yeah, I think it's just like, it's just another way of sort of navigating life and grouping people together. I actually think it's one of the one of the most positive things about being a kid actor. And I'm thinking about, all the all the kids I worked with on Modern Family for so long and how confident and easy they are with adults. I mean, they're kids, but they're, when I say to my kids now, you know, you have to advocate for yourself. You got to go talk to the teacher. They're like, what? Like, I, I don't want to talk. <laughs> like the teacher, like, do I have to? Can I just text her? I'm like, you can text her. You have to actually <laughs> go to the office hours and stuff. And I was thinking about how I think it was like her first year or second year of Modern Family, we had a party. It was a rap party at the end of the year. And it was at the hotel next to the to the lot, next to the Fox lot. And it was like sectioned off, like we rented out the bar restaurant area or something. And we're walking in, they stopped the kids. Like, oh, you can't come in if you're under 21. We're like, well, they're not under, that doesn't, they're actors. They're like, they're, that's, <laughs> We don't have an age thing like that. And they're like, well, we do. And um, it was really weird. Uh, we never made that mistake again. I can hear Rachel right now, like nodding away because she probably remembers it too. But there is that sense that that you, I really do love and appreciate younger and older people on a set in a way where there are, or you don't in the rest of the world necessarily because everybody's just like, we're just doing a job. So you're 60 and you're, you're holding a boom pole and you're talking to, you know, a 10 year old who's the star of the show and they're having a completely cogent conversation. That's just the way it is. It feels very normalized. And that, I mean, that, and that's putting the, that's the best version of it. I'm sure there's versions of it that Peyton, I'm sure you've seen that I haven't because I didn't start until I was, I was uh, already a legal adult. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think just as much as there are great things about existing in a world where age isn't something that limits you, I also think, you know, it's not like you should be talking to a 10-year-old the same way you talk to a 30-year-old. And I think like there are examples where, you know, at the time I saw it as like, they want to be my friend. Like, this is great. And then like when you're older thinking back, it's kind of like, why did they want to be my friend? Like, they should not (laughs) want to be my friend, you know? So I think like, for sure, there are these areas, these gray areas where it's like, yes, we are all working together. And yes, I know I can like have an adult conversation, but you still shouldn't be saying the things you're saying to me. So again, I think there's good and bad to it. And you just kind of have to like, work on figuring out where you kind of stand in that, you know, and what you think is appropriate and what you think is not and knowing, like knowing the difference and being able to address things. You have a tone of like confidence and humility and understanding and self-interrogation, all these things, but you're not like, you don't have like an obnoxious, unearned, authoritative tone the way that most people between our ages basically have. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, that even lends to making you feel more mature in some ways. Like, I'm curious about that. Have you like worked on that or is that just like who you are? Can I take this? I'm going to, I'm going to take it from an outsider's point of view. Please. I think that she has good parents and by good parents, I mean, supportive, but they don't think that she farts rainbows. If your parents are like, everything you say is a gem, you are amazing. Every single thing that you do is perfect. You, you create these horrible little narcissistic, this is the way it is, people who think they know everything. Um, whereas that having that check and balance at home, I've talked to your mom about, like, I know that they love you, they respect you, they want you to have a full experience in life. But I also get the sense that there's not, they're not going to just let you, like, everything you do is perfect, right? Yeah. No, I would say that is 100% true. I think that is the foundation of who I am is my parents, you know? And I think they have, like Julie said, done a great job of like, yeah, it's cool you do all these things, but it doesn't make you better than anyone else. It doesn't make you, like, at all. You know what I mean? Like, the, the reaction I get when I get a job 
like to star in a movie and the reaction my little brother gets when he passes his French or his Spanish test is like the same. Like, it's like, great, mm-hmm. good for you. Like you work hard, you get, the, you know what I mean? But there's no, there's no like, oh my God, you're so great in any way. You know, I go home and like, it's like, do the laundry. You know what I mean? Like I've always had a foundation that definitely grounded me very firmly in reality. My parents, my siblings, my friends at home. It, it, because it can be easy to get caught up in all of that. You know, you walk on set and there are people that are immediately like, what can I get you? Do you want food? Do you want like, like, are you thirsty? Are you hot? Are you tired? Are you cold? Like, can I tie your shoe for you? You know what I mean? Like, and it's, it's easy if like, that's kind of your whole life that like, you're like, yeah, you should be making me breakfast. You should be tying my shoes. Like I'm great. You know, it's like, You can't even necessarily blame these people for having these ideas of the world because when you're treated like that all the time, that's what it is. And so I definitely think, hopefully, if I come off as having more humility than that, (laughs) that it it definitely is a result of my family. I have to ask, is that the answer you were going to give before the resident parent on this, in this conversation, gave all the credit to your parents? Was there was that the answer you were going to give? Well, honestly, I couldn't be sure because I didn't have time to answer before. Just kidding. Do you think that's the answer, Peyton? I, I definitely think that is the truth. Yeah, 100%. I would say my character is, is not really something that like, at least who I am just naturally, it's not like th- things that I've like specifically worked towards, you know? Like I, I've... I am sort of the product of my experience and, you know, my family and my friends and my life. But, like, I've never been like, okay, you need to be more like this or, like, you need to sound like this when you talk. And I think also that is something that contributes to that that um, quality, that sort of, like, fake superiority complex thing that I, I think a lot of people have, especially that are actors, because you do go into media training, you know, and they do teach you a very specific mm. way to talk. And they tell you the things to say and the things not to say and how to speak with authority. Like, you know, like you have any idea what you're talking about. And it's not even these people's faults because you do like, you get put in these positions where all of a sudden you are the spokesperson for a certain group of people, for a certain experience, for a certain age or whatever. And all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I speak for these people and I know, you know, and like, it's just kind of constantly Mm. ingrained in you. And so again, if you don't have a support system outside of all of that, that's telling you, no, you don't, you know what I mean? Like, that's not the truth. Then, then that's what can happen. And so I definitely do think, although Julie swooped in with it, it is very much the truth that, um, that my family is, is the basis of all of that. I'm curious because we, you know, we talked to probably the majority of our guests are actors. Like, it's probably not a huge majority, but most of them. And people with, prof, you know, profiles and platforms and what whatever amount of media training. And there are some through lines of, like, ways that they can deflect or ways that they can avoid or ways that they can, like, you see their eyes kind of glaze over and go into, like, a packaged answer. And I would love to know from you, like, how are you coached to show up to interviews like this so that we can adequately undo those tactics on other people. (laughs) (laughs) He wants to reverse engineer media training. It can't be done. Yeah. (laughs) Once you're, okay, once you're made to be a a robot, it's, uh, it's, it's, um, but you don't have that, by the way, Peyton. As an actor, I think the first thing, like, in media training, they start with, like, they tell you what your show's about you know, and they tell you why that show matters to you, you know? And so, and so it's a very interesting thing of you're like, wait, oh, that's what I think. Okay. Thank you. And that sort of is the foundation for it is this thing of like, I'm going to tell you what you think about things because we like it, they, they go straight from like, this is what we want the world to hear. And then (laughs) you're just the vessel for them to like, tell the world what they want the world to hear, you know? And, and so, and then it just becomes like, this is what I think, but it's really like, this is what this entire business, this entire industry, like, this is what we think, you know? So it's a lot for me. Like, again, it goes back to my family, not because Julie brought it up, but because it is very much true is that it was always like, my parents always very much valued what I thought, you know, and, and, and were very much always 
asking, what do, what do you think about this? Like, what do you care about? What do you, you know, what do you want to say? Right. And so it, it was never, it never felt like it was being pushed on me to have a certain take or a certain perspective outside of that, like media training thing. And so, and so I had enough like outside support and influence that it wasn't, I was just hearing one thing. I think a lot of really great people I know that don't have as great a support system outside of the industry, they, they sit with these, um, in these like media training things. And it's just like, that's the only guidance they're being given. You know, that's the only resource they have when that's all you have. That's what you go with. You know, I've been lucky enough to like have multiple voices, right. You know, multiple opinions circling me. And so I, I, I truly believe because of the way I've lived my life is that there should be different opinions, you know, and it's not just like one thing that's the truth. That This is the message of our show. This is why my character is this. This is why you should think this by the end of the movie. You know what I mean? There's just, that's not the way it is, you know? And so, so yeah, I don't know if that answers your question some kind of a roundabout Oh my way. God. It actually, I mean, it, that's such a, a good, I don't of, think people know that that's happening. Because that's yeah, pretty, but that's it's pretty absolutely, dangerous. I mean, but it would be, imagine how dangerous it would be. Kids who don't have any media training at all are plopped in front of, and, and it's not B-roll, it's not in-house, it is not controlled by the studio or something. They come to set and, and they're talking to kids and the kids are just going off. And they're sinking a ship for a dude who it just drove two hours from Simi Valley that morning. And it's like, why is this child like mouthing off or, or being sarcastic or whatever it is that, <laughs> that because they're being normal kids and are just like, I don't know. Like, did you think that thing was cool that you guys just filmed? And like, no, that's not cool. I would never do that. And you're like, <laughs> you know, that's the clip that they're going to run. And so media training can be really valuable. And um, of course it can create like, packaged animals, like you said, if you don't have um, other points of view coming in. But I'm sure when you understand, like, yeah, I know you might not, you know, Henrietta, you might not have loved the doing that episode where you had to wear that awful dress, but let's focus on what you did love. No, 100%. Like, I, I by no means think that, like, media training is a bad thing or that it's it's, no. it's the problem at all. I, I just think it is about having balance. Because the danger, as you described it, Julie, that I understand is that, sure, certainly there's a danger to the production company. There's a danger to the studio. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure that there's a danger to the consumer, right? There's a danger there's for the a, check. No. To the check. I don't know. Yeah, there's a danger for the people. But but some of the people that are collecting the check, it's like it's not just the above the line, like producers and directors in the studio. There's so many people that are involved in every project that from PAs in the office to, you know, uh, yeah. people it's like security guards. Be mindful yeah. of that. And so if you're a little kid and you you don't know how to be mindful, someone's got to yeah. tell you how to be mindful. <laughs> yeah. And I also think to a certain extent, there's not, it's not a danger to the consumer, but I do think that I've definitely like watched things and loved them. And then you hear that, like the person working on it, like hated so-and-so and that completely ruins it for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and like, you, and you're yeah. like, shoot, they were miserable making this thing. Like, like, it's just not fun to watch anymore. You know, like for example, like Grey's Anatomy, like, like, like once you start hearing about like drama going on and like the awful things happening, mm. then like it totally changes it. And obviously there are examples where it's important that these things come to light, but I'm just right. saying like, it does affect the way a consumer views something when they, when they like now have this new perspective on it that sometimes is very important and other times doesn't, like every little thing doesn't need to be, you know, broadcast. Right. Interesting. That's crazy. <laughs> I just, I mean, honestly, I'm just like. What? What just, are you surprised by? What is surprising no, you, Chad? I, like, I know, I, I, it's funny because I asked the question wanting to know, it, but I kind of thought I knew the answer, but I didn't know the answer. Like, I didn't know it was like, even the example, Peyton, that you're using, which is to say someone, I guess like a, a PR person or, or possibly like a producer is coming to somebody and saying, this is what the movie is. This is why the, the movie is important. In your own words, like, this is what you think about the importance of this movie. Now go and be a mouthpiece to that. Like, I'll tell you the thing that's jumping to mind for me, it, it, which is that like, I now know many of the people who make these movies 
And they are not adequately, like, right. they are not adequately constructed exactly right. to tell somebody else what's important. Like, because they don't know what's important. You, Peyton, I'm like talking so loud and preaching, I'm sorry. But you, Peyton, <laughs> probably have such a better constituted center around what's important about your project than I would guess that they do. That's the only thing that I think is an, is an, an unfortunate irony here. Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes, I don't know that I have a a better idea, but I mean, we just all have like different ideas of what it is, you know? And it's why every time I get the question of like, what do you want viewers to take away from this? It's like the worst question on the planet because I can't tell you what to take away from it. I don't want to. I have no authority to. I I, I really, I, I don't care. I just hope you take something from it, you know? Like good, bad, happy, sad, whatever. Like, I, I think like it's just sort of the construct of preaching to someone what they should be taking from something that, in my opinion, should be up for artistic interpretation is the problem inherently, you know, and it, it's not and about— what do you, So what do you say when you get that question now? Do you say that? Do you say it's not up to me what they take away? Yeah, I mean— At a certain point in the day, I would say I get to a point where I'm like, you know, I hope people just realize that, like, it's all about being there for each other, you know, which, like, you know, like, at a certain, I'm not saying I'm perfect. And, like, every time I go into, like, tell these people off on, like, why their question is problematic, like, for sure. But I definitely would say, like, a lot of the time I do say, you know, I don't want to tell anyone what they should take from it. I'll tell you what I took from it. And why it would, and why I wanted to be a part of it Solid. because of what I took from it. But I would never want to put my own interpretation on of something on someone else, and expect mm-hmm. them to like have the same reaction to something because my reaction to something is very specific to my life, and like I'm not, mm. I can't put that on anyone else. So I will say that if I happen to be um, in a place where I I'm not too tired. Going back to you saying that being committed to school for one year and watching the jobs go by, what, what do you tell yourself honestly in those? I know that anxiety. I, I, I know that anxiety uh, all the time. You're like, I didn't even know that. I didn't even hear of that project and I, I never even had a chance. How do you stay cool or what do you tell yourself when, when you feel that little it's not jealousy, because that's not fair. You can be very happy for your friends, but fear, wait, the train's passing me by. I think it's hard. I think it's very, like, ingrained in me, and I think in anyone that's a creative person at all is it's very, like, sink or swim. You know, you're either, like, working for the next thing or you're drowning, you know? And, like, mm-hmm. if you have momentum, you got to keep going, because, like, once you're not on their screen, like, they've forgotten about you, and there's someone who's better, and there's someone who, you know what I mean? It's like, it's very, like, you know, there's that there's that mentality that I, I definitely, like, have taken. I think I have learned more about myself and the world and, you know, different, like, areas of academia. I've learned more in the last eight months than I have in my entire life, you know? And so as much as, like, being on set is my happy place and it's where I'm comfortable and feel like the most myself. I think there's there's less growth in being where you're comfortable. It just reminding myself that that it's so I'm so fortunate to have found the like my happy place, but it's important to like go see other places, you know, and maybe this is not where I want to be or maybe it is where I want to be more or whatever, but like you're constantly learning more things, you know, about yourself and about life and what you like and what you don't like. And so for me, it's like, it's that reminder that this is all like progress in terms of like me growing as a human being that has sort of been the thing that I tell myself to remember why I'm doing what I'm doing and that Sure, I wish I was in that movie or I wish I was working with that person or whatever, but I have a lot of time to do that, you know, and the things that I'm doing now will hopefully benefit my ability to take everything I can from those experiences when when it becomes right for me. I think that's really that's really impressive. And I was also thinking there could be a benefit, like you look at Jodie Foster back in the day. It went. She went to Yale. Everyone was shocked. She was like one of the biggest movie stars in the world, and she stopped, full stop, four years. 
But when she came out of Yale, and then she, I think she went to grad school, too, for something. No one's seen her in years. But she came out an adult. She was no longer a child actor. And then when, and I have no idea how hard it was for her to, like, kick the door back open again, or whether it was swinging open for her. She's wildly talented. She was now an adult actor who was getting a whole different set of roles as well. Does that interest you at all coming from, you You radiate intelligence, so you're never going to be put in the dumb box, but you're really pretty and you're young. So, and you came from the Disney world. So maybe, maybe diving into academia gives you a chance to come back as, as, an, as an adult. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I, I like sort of stepped away from it so that like when I come back, it's like this big thing. Like, I don't know mm. that that was like, that, I mean, I know that that wasn't my thought process. Right. But I do think that, you know, I don't know if this is like a direct answer to your question, but like, I think the more life experiences you have, the better you can like take on new roles, you know? And mm. and I even had like certain problems with my my own career in that like I was playing a girl in like middle school. I never stepped foot in middle school, you know? <laughs> and like, I love talking about how like right. acting is like living truthfully under given imaginary, you know, like the whole like my, like I talk a big game about that, but like there are lots of things that like I just haven't experienced. And then I'm on screen doing these things, you know? And like, and so I yeah. think like the more, I'm able to like get out in the real world, talk to more people, learn more things, understand like more ways of living, then I do feel like I have a better ability to take on meteor roles, you know, that go beyond, you know, what I've done so far. So definitely I think like in that way, stepping away from work and like going to kind of like live real life has been or hopefully will be beneficial to in the future with work and sort of like grounding it in a, in a greater sense of reality and understanding. How can we make every interview feel like feel more like this one, which is to say I haven't listened to it yet, but like the feeling of it felt good to me. Peyton, you are amazing. And thank you for coming and doing this. How horrible was it to watch yourself or how great was it to watch yourself? In Prabhak, we had the screening the other day, and the, how was it for you? It's always very painful for me to watch myself. Yeah. I, I hate it. I, I, I watch it. And I'm like, why do I look like that? Why do I sound like that? What am I doing with my? You know, like it's just like it's very bad. Yeah. I hate it so much. However, I do think it is important to like growing as an actor. Like I see like tendencies mm. in myself that I know I need to like shut down. So like, I think it's important for growth. So in that sense, it was good. But like, I hate watching myself. However, like, I loved seeing all the stuff that I wasn't in. There's yeah. not like a whole lot of it. But like, the stuff that I wasn't in was fun for me to watch because I wasn't there. Um, yeah. Or I yeah. was there, but I wasn't in the scene. So it's easy for me right, to like, right. be more objective when like, I'm not staring at myself. I mean, I think it's, I think it's a really fun movie. Genuinely, I, I, I feel like there's so much like heart in it. I'm a baby about watching myself. No, yeah, I hate it. I, I Every time I watch myself, yeah. I'm like, why would anyone ever put me in anything? Like, I need to go never speak again. <laughs> I need yes, to go I, sit, I, 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 I need, need to, go to not sit in a box. Face. I need to never use that voice. Yes, yeah. I really get yeah. it. Well, even beautiful, talented uh, kids who've been acting since they were really young have built-in insecurities and challenges to overcome. And Peyton is a wonderfully intelligent person. And if she can do it, we can all do it. So thank you, Did she Peyton. quit something? She quit listening no. to media training. No, no she, didn't. she didn't. That's force-fed. We failed. Um, we can talk. We failed. We have to let yeah, her go. Yeah, we failed, but that's fine. We failed. We're going to let you go. Thank you, Peyton. And congratulations. Congratulations. I'm, I'm so, so happy that you're doing college. Thank you, Peyton. Thank you so much. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.